Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. It's not a hard fight. The Christian life is so hard. It's such a hard life. No, that's, that's not, you, you ain't living it. You ain't living it. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. But Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is See, So with Jesus, with Jesus it's light and easy. See, with the devil, and, and with transgression, with sin, with going the way that's contrary to God, that's the hard life. That's the hard path. And a lot of folks go that way because it seems like it's going to be the easier way to go. A lot of folks are trying to go the easy way, but it always ends up the hard way. It always ends up the hard way if it's not his way. We want to go his way. Yeah. And, of course, Jesus is the way. Yeah. He is the way. We want to go with him. We want, to, we want to follow him. We want to flow with the Lord Jesus. And he said, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. So even though life itself, in and of itself, can be tough, full of trials, full of some nasty tests, some real brutal things. You know, we can come up against some real brutal things in life. Yet, if we flow with the Holy Spirit, if we're moving with God, we'll find ourselves being able to get through them with ease. Why? Because all the burdens of it, all the cares of it are on him. Really what makes the trials of life worse than they really are is how they affect people on the inside. You know, you can come up against something, uh, a lack of finances. You come up against, uh, you know, this lack of finance problem. And what does it do to you? What happens to you when all of a sudden you look and there's bills that looks like you can't pay? What happens to you? See, do you start having a meltdown? Do you, you lie in bed at night and you're stressed out and you, you know, you're grinding your teeth and you're, and you're, and you're, and you're worried and you're just agitated and, and, and you just find yourself getting just burned out, just getting burned out. Well, you're being burned out is not really from the lack of finances. The getting burned, I'm just using that as an illustration, it could be anything. Whatever, whatever the trial, whatever the test might be. You're really not, that, you're, you're, that's really not the problem. What's, that's not what's burning you out. It's how you're facing it. It's how you're approaching these things. You're approaching it without faith. You're approaching it without God. You're not looking to him. You're not looking to his strength and his ability, his wisdom to guide you through that thing. And so that could be real scary. And so it's really the fear of the thing that actually makes the thing a whole lot worse than the thing is. I'm not saying the thing ain't bad, but the fear of the thing is what makes it almost impossible. It's what makes it overwhelming. Because no matter how bad things are, I mean, you could be even facing death in the face. No matter how bad things are, if you have faith in God, if you have faith in Him, then you can face those things fearlessly and therefore have a peace and a confidence on the inside of you that's refreshing you, that's rejuvenating you, that's empowering you in the face of this problem. But it's when you're getting 
eaten up on the inside. You have fallen apart on the inside. That makes what's going on the outside just so much worse. So that's why it's so important to have the faith of God on the inside. Have the peace of God on the inside. Have the joy of the Lord on the inside. That no matter what we're facing in life, we can look at it fearlessly, confidently, boldly. Trusting in God. Trusting in His promises to be able to get through this thing. To overcome this thing. To get the victory. No matter what happens. If He's, if he's the one leading us, He's always going to lead us in triumph. He's always going to lead us in the victory. And if you're in faith concerning that, then you have that confidence on the inside. So you've got this joy on the inside, while even though you might be feeling pain on the outside. I mean, we have examples of this, right? I mean, we go to the book of Acts. We see the early church and the persecution that they endured. I mean, sometimes they were beaten, taken, thrown in prison, shackled up in a dark dungeon. No lights. And there they are shackled up. And basically in the natural, they have the sentence of death on their life. They're going to be executed or perhaps just die in prison. I mean, it does not look good. Their backs are bleeding. They're bruised. They're in a hopeless situation. And yet what do we see? We see these people praising God. We see these people lifting their voice to God and shouting and thanking God for his goodness and his mercy. Come on, do I have to remind you uh, over here in Acts chapter 16, verse 22. Then the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. People know that probably doesn't feel good. And when they had laid many stripes on them, They threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God under their breath very quietly so as not to disturb anybody. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the religious translation. (laughs) No, no, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So they're in their own inner prison, in their own cell, but they're singing, they're praying, and they're praising God in that place loud enough for every other prisoner that's throughout that whole prison to hear. To hear them. Hearing them what? Singing. Singing hymns. Singing to to the Lord. Not just praying. Oh God, oh God, oh God. They're in there singing. And it's at midnight. Darkest hour of their life. Now no matter what what we're facing in life, uh, you know, that's pretty bad. I mean, they're, they're, they're locked up and... Again, they're, they're, facing, they're facing death here. They're in a really, really bad... And their bodies are hurting. Their bodies are in pain. They just got beaten severely with rods. And they're singing. How can, you, how can you do that? How can you do that? Because something on the inside is greater than what's going on on the outside. 
And the Bible tells us in 1 John that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You've got greatness on the inside of you in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the living God is on the inside of you. And we have to feed our faith with the Word of God concerning Him who is in us and understand who is for us, knowing that if God is for us, who can be against us? And that no matter what it looks like, no matter how weak and pathetic and defeated we look, we understand what the Bible says, that through Him we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. That's what he says over in Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be against you? What can be against you if God is for you? Is he for you? Yes, God is for us. And we believe that. See, that's the key thing. You have to know that you know that you know that you know that this word is true, that God is for you. That he's not against you. Some folks are confused about it. They're not sure if God's for them, God's against them. Listen, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, when you make Jesus the ruler of your life, you submit yourself to God, you are his and my friend, he is for you. He is for you. He is not against you. Well, why is all this happening if he was for me? Why did I hit two red lights when I was late to work? And then I got a flat tire. Why has God seemed to be against me? Well, you're not in faith concerning the word of God. You're reacting to the natural, ignorant of the Bible. I'll get you in trouble every time. Yeah. See, without faith, God's unable to, to perform his word in our life. I did, I said that. He's unable to perform his word in our life. He works through our faith. That's how he does things. He works through our faith. So it's as we come to know him according to his word, according to the truth, and have faith in that, that God's able to bring it to pass in our life. You have to know God is for you this morning. He's not your enemy. A lot of folks got it confused. They got confused. What's the devil and what's God? Well, God sent this sickness. God sent this disease, you know, to teach us something. And then we call him father. What father could do something like that to his son and uh, not get himself in trouble if people found out about it? Right? If you found out about that, I mean, you know, people stand up in church and say, now, God, you know, he does these things to teach us something. You know, he works in mysterious ways, you know. And so, and then they'll turn around, they'll turn on the news, and they'll find out a dad just beat his son. And just afflicted his son. You say, oh, man, what a, ooh, what a monster. What a monster. That guy needs to go to prison. And you just, in church, you are praising God for being the same monster. I mean, either it's wrong. I mean, that dad was just trying to teach his son something, right? That's why he took out the bat and beat his son. He was just trying to teach him something. Right? Is that what we say? Is that what we say? Well, that dad must know something we don't know about his son. And so, therefore, he needed to beat his son. Do we say things like that? No, just in church. Just in church. We just do that to God, see? We just put that off on our Heavenly Father. We turn him into a criminal. 
We turn him into a, an abuser. And that's not who he is. God is for us. He's not against us. Well, you know, with God, some things might look like it's against us. But, you know, God's idea of what's against us might be different from our idea of what's against us. God's not confused, but you are. <laughs> if you think that way. Go to the Bible. He tells you what is bad, and he tells you what is good. And everything he tells you that is bad, you would agree, that's bad. And everything he tells you that's good, he will, you will agree, that is good. You will find it right here in the Word of God that God and you are not far apart in understanding what is good and what is bad. All right? So we don't have to get weird with God. But people get weird. They get real weird about God. And the reason they get weird is because they try to figure God out through circumstances. Through the things that go on around them. They're trying to figure it all out. They're trying to, well, you know why? This must have happened because of this. And then they make a doctrine out of it. And then they teach it to others. And everybody believes it. Rather than saying, is that in the Bible? Can I see scripture for that? You know, I got this uh, very simple understanding. That if you can't see Jesus doing it, don't see God your Father doing it. Because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if you see Jesus beating people, afflicting people, walking around with needles and sticking them with viruses to teach them something, then that's what the Father does. But I have people know Jesus never did anything like that. No, 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 no. What did he do? The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the the devil, the devil. So the devil is the bad guy. God's the good guy. Do you, do you have that? It's basic, but we need it. The devil's the bad guy and God's the good guy. Got it? All right. So God is for you, devil against you. Devil will try to throw things in your path and try to discourage you, frustrate you. He'll try to steal from you, kill you, destroy you in hell if he has the opportunity to. That's what he will do. But God is here to deliver you out of every trial, every test, and to cause any weapon formed against you to never be able to prosper. And everything the devil meant for evil against you, God will spin the thing around and turn it for your good and for his glory. Because God gets glory in his children being blessed, not cursed. Hallelujah. God wants you blessed. He don't want you cursed. Isn't that what the Bible tells us? That's what the Bible teaches us. If we see Jesus doing it, praise God, that's what God the Father does. That's what God the Father does. If we don't see Jesus doing it, then that's not what God the Father does. Got it? Somebody say he's good. He's good. And he's for me. He is for you. So what shall we say to these things? In verse 31 again. If God is for us. Now you've got to get the if out of, it, out of your heart. You know, in other words, there can't be any doubt about it. You've got to know God is for you. You got to have that settled in your heart. So when it says, if God is for us, you know that's true. God is for us. Well, if God is for us, who? What? What can be against us? What can stand against us? Now, again, in the world, Jesus said, you will have tribulation. You will, you will go through stuff. Things will happen 
in, in this life, in this world, because we have an adversary here, the devil. And the Bible says he goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Notice, he goes around seeking who he may devour. Who he may devour. In other words, who will allow him to devour them? Who will allow them to? Well, I've already purposed in my heart. I'm not going to let him devour me. So, so we understand a couple things here. We understand that there is an adversary. It is the devil. And he is looking to see who he can devour, who he can take advantage of, who he can mess with. And so when things begin to mess with us, when things seem to go wrong in our life, when we begin to face some serious trials and tests in our life, we should not be, number one, shocked. We shouldn't be shocked. We shouldn't say, yeah. Jesus said in the world I'd have tribulation. He said the devil's like a roaring lion seeking to be made devour. I understand that. I got an adversary, but he can't devour me. He's coming to devour me, but I'm not going to let him devour me. I'm going to stand in faith. I said, I'm going to stand in faith. And faith is key to not allowing the devil to be able to eat your lunch. No, no, he he, he ain't going to get my lunch, let alone devour me. You understand? He ain't even going to devour my lunch. He ain't even going to get a bite out of my sandwich. He's not even going to get a bite out of my sandwich. I mean, that's got to be your attitude. You understand? The devil has been defeated and disarmed by the Lord Jesus Christ. He's toothless. He's fangless. But he's got a big roar. And if he can paralyze you with fear, then, well, anybody can then take advantage of you. If you're paralyzed in fear because of... You're all stressed. You're all stressed and you're just frozen in fear. Then he could just come walking in and just begin to just take things and steal things and just, and just rob you and you're just frozen. But you understand, he's toothless, he's fangless because Jesus kicked his teeth out. Yes. Jesus knocked his block off. When you understand what Jesus has done to the devil, you understand all he is is a big roar. And his roar could be all kinds of things. It could be symptoms in your body. It could be all kinds of conditions. It could be all kinds of issues, relationships. I mean, the list goes on. of goes on trials and tests that people go through in life, right? But you understand, all these things that are going on, all these roars that are going on, we're not going to be frozen in fear by them. I said, we're not going to be intimidated by them. We're going to stand up in the faith of God. And sometimes you just have to laugh at the devil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do a lot. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, even when I don't feel like laughing. I feel like crying. I feel like crying. I feel like crawling out, going out of a corner and crawling up. But I don't. No, no. Sometimes you might feel like doing that, but then you just go, ha, 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 ha. And you just start a laughing, laughing at the devil, because he hears you. He hears you. And that's very scary to the devil. You got to understand something. If the devil comes at you and he fires his best shot at you, he, I mean, he unleashes missiles. He's been planning this thing for a very long time. And he unleashes all these attacks against your mind, against your soul, your body, against your family, all these attacks against you. And, you, and, you, and all this stuff's blowing all around you. And all of a sudden, it all clears. And you're going... <laughs> Devil's gonna go, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> I, am, I am in big trouble, man. Right? He's gonna tuck his tail and he's gonna hit the road. 
I'm telling you the truth. Because he's really a coward. The Bible says the devils believe in, in God and tremble. Man, they're just to shake it in their shoes. And so they're just wondering whether you believe in God or not. Oh, I believe in God. But I'm talking about believing in his word enough that there's no fear in you. And you're able to stand in faith against all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And that shield of faith, praise God, just quenches every fiery dart. It works. Every fiery dart. Every say every. That means every temptation, every trial, anything the devil can throw at you, your shield of faith will quench it. It will extinguish it. It will extinguish it. And so again, faith has peace, faith has joy, because faith has the victory. It has that victory on the inside, even though it might not feel good on the outside. You need to know that. Just because things don't look good or feel good on the outside, that doesn't mean God is not for you. God is for us. I don't judge whether God's for me or not based on how I feel. I don't judge whether God is for me or not based on how things appear, how things look. I believe God is for me because he said so. And I put faith in his word, not in my feelings, which, change, which can change with the weather. Put faith in his word. I get in that word. I'm facing a storm. I'm facing a trial. I get in that word. I find out, what does the word say about this? What does the word say about this? I find a promise that covers my case. Find a few promises that cover this. Cover it. Get a hold of that, that promise. And then let it go ahead and just cause you to stand there in faith and just watch it quench. Just quench that situation. Just quench it. And watch how God can move on your behalf. See, when we're not panicking and running in the face of adversity and we're standing, then God can get to moving. Then God can get to moving. God can get to running. God can get to working in fixing the situation. But we know we get in faith for a little while. We let God come in, start to fix it. And then we just can't, you know, the fear starts getting to us. The pressure starts rising. And then we bolt. You know, we, we, we try to fix it in our own strength. We try to correct it in our own strength. We're trying to, trying to make everything right in our own strength because we're in fear. We're panicking. We can't just sit back and not do anything. Because, again, it might, lo- it might look like you're not doing anything. But how many of you know faith is you doing something? Faith is you believing God to do something. When you're standing in faith, it looks like you might not be doing anything. But when you're standing in faith, that just means God's doing it. God's doing it. God's getting it done. See, but if you're running around trying to get it done in your own strength, then God's just kind of watching. Watching from a distance. There's a song out there. There's a song out there. God's watching from a distance. Anybody hear that song? God's watching from a distance. Yeah, that's the song of unbelief. That's the song of unbelievers. God is watching from a distance. God's not watching from a distance in my life. God's right here. God's active in my life. God's working in my life. God ain't just sitting there watching and going, hey, we'll see what this guy's going to do. Let's see if he's going to figure this one out. Hey, Michael, come over here. Look at this guy. Look at him struggle down there. Just, just that poor little. God's watching from a distance. No, bless God. God is actively working on my behalf right here. Praise God. He's working in me. He's working through me. He's getting this thing done. God's getting the, getting the job done. Can you say amen? Oh, hallelujah. Isn't this good news? 
Yeah, it's good news. It's the Bible. I mean, that'd be pretty depressing news if I stood up here and said, well, now nobody knows anything about God. You really can't know he's a mystery. Sometimes he'll kill you. Sometimes he'll bless you. You just never know what's going to happen with God. Just trust him. It's going to be all right. Just trust him. Even if you go to hell, it's going to be all right. Just trust him. Really? And then people keep going and listening to that stuff. I can't figure it out. It's not what I want to listen to. That don't sound like good news to me. That sounds like confusion. Sounds like the mad scientist is up there. Makes me feel like, make, makes me feel like we're under an, we're like an experiment, you know. It's like we're in God's laboratory. <laughs> Let me put these combinations together. <laughs> Somebody say he's good. I'm not confused. God is with me. God is for me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, he goes on. What shall we say then these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son for you, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I mean, God gave us his best. He gave us his son to be a sacrifice for us. If he gave us Jesus, if he gave us heaven's diamond, is he going to withhold the box that it comes in? Now I'm talking about the things of this world. Is he going to withhold any good thing from your life? If he gave us his best, he's not going to withhold any good thing from your life. That's why he said he gave you his best and how will he not with him also freely give us all things. Whatever you have need of in life, he wants you to have it. The Bible says he gives you the desires of your heart. He gives you the desires of your heart. He wants you to have all good things. And how do we know that? He gave us Jesus. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's not withholding things from us, holding things back from us, saying, well, now, you know, I don't want you to have this yet. No, no, no. If you can receive it, then you're able to handle it. If you're able to receive it by faith from God, then you're more than able to handle it. Because with faith comes the character to be able to handle what you have received from God. So we never have to worry about that. that. Well, maybe God doesn't want me to have that right now. If you can receive it, he's already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He gives us all things freely. So if you could just say, I, I, I need this, I'd like this, and you can receive this, it's yours. If you could receive it from him by faith, it's yours. Never have to question that. Isn't that good news? Yes. Well, I don't know if God wants me to have this or not. Do you want to have it? Yes. Is it a good thing? Yes. Then God wants you to have it. Is this too simple? But there's just so much out there in the world, and even in our own minds, trying to confuse, confuse such simple things. We don't have to be confused about this. When does God want you healed? In his timing. In his timing. Okay. What is his timing? The Bible says now is the acceptable time. Today is the day 
of salvation. That word salvation means deliverance from every evil thing. Now's the acceptable time. But we got all this, well, God, you know, in his timing. His timing is yesterday, friend. It's now. He wants you to have good things now. When does he want you healed? Now. When does he want things to go well for you? Now. It's not all this putting off someday into the future. God's a now God. I got news for you. He's not a delaying God. He's not a procrastinating God. He's a now God. Well, then why is it taking so long? Well, then that'll come back to our faith, the faith of other people. There's just all kinds of circumstances involved in the circumstances. There's all kinds of things involved in the circumstances of life that can cause delays. There's spiritual delays. In other words, there's spiritual adversaries that would try to keep things from coming quicker to us. It's not that God don't want it quicker. I mean, Paul the Apostle said, he said to the church of Thessalonica, he said, time and time again, I've wanted to come to you, but Satan hindered us. Time and time, I wanted to come to you, but Satan hindered us. We see Daniel, over in the book of Daniel, he cried out to God and began to pray. He found a promise in the word of God that Jeremiah the prophet had written. He took hold of that promise, brought it before God in prayer, and he just determined, I ain't coming out of prayer until I've got this. And he just stayed in there, and for 21 days, he was praying and ate no pleasant food. He was just in there in, in, a, in a limited fast, just in there, and he was just praying and seeking God concerning this promise. And finally, after 21 days, his eyes were opened up because he was a prophet of God. An angel appeared to him, and an angel explained to him that this angel had to fight through these demonic forces in the heavenly places to get to Daniel, to get him the answer. And so they were adversaries to the angels getting the answer, but Daniel stayed in faith so that the angels were able to get the breakthrough and get it to him. He didn't sit there and go, well, if God wanted me to have it, he would have gave it to me 10 days ago. If God wanted me to have it, he would have gave it to me 15 days ago. People do this all the time. Well, if God wanted me to have it, then it would have happened. This is what people do. So stop all, these, stop all this reasoning and understand it's a spiritual battle. It's spiritual warfare. People's faith is involved in this. There are angels. There are demons. There's a lot going on. And so what are we going to do? We're just going to stand in the faith of God, believing him that it'll be just as he has said it. And when it doesn't turn out that, that way for some folks, we're not going to change the word of God. We're still going to say, yeah, but God said. Yeah, but God said. Correct? So if we're going to see the goodness of God, we've got to believe in the goodness of God. To the degree you believe in the goodness of God, but to the degree you see the goodness of God in your life. So it's important to believe. Don't you think? It's important to believe. So he says in verse 33, he goes on. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? What's the answer? Or distress? Or persecution? Or famine? or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written, 
For your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Through him who loved us. I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. It don't matter what we're going through, glory to God, we're going through. And I can tell you this, ain't nothing going to separate me from him. God is for me. God is with me. I'll fear no evil. I'll fear nothing. Can you say amen? amen? Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. What a way to live. What a way to live. And we'll find ourselves, you know, just like a good runner. Just as a good runner, you know, doing track or something. And he's, just, he's running down that track. And then they put out those uh, things they jump over, those hurdles, right? They put those hurdles out there. And that runner, he's just running towards that hurdle. He's running. All of a sudden he looks, he sees a hurdle. He goes, oh, no. Oh, a hurdle. And he starts slowing down. He starts slowing down. He gets up to the hurdle and goes, this is a big hurdle. Oh, this is a tough hurdle to get over. And he's trying to get over that hurdle. Somebody help me with this hurdle. Trying to get over this hurdle. Is that what happens? No. No, what is he doing? He never slows down. In fact, when he sees a hurdle... (laughs) <laughs> he gets even, he puts a little bit more in his step. See, he don't back down. He don't weaken in the face of a hurdle. He puts more into it. He picks up the speed. He charges that much harder. He moves that much faster. And what happens when he gets to that hurdle? He just goes right over it. He just, he just flies right, goes airborne right over the thing and just takes off running and then another hurdle and then another hurdle and then another hurdle and he just jumps over those hurdles. Glory be to God, just like that river, you know, flowing around those rocks. He's just a jumping over those hurdles. He just keeps moving, doesn't miss a step. See, that's how a Christian life is supposed to be. It's easy and it's light. These runners, they're light on their feet and they just leap over those hurdles in life. That's the life we're called to live. We're running our race with God. He is with us. He's empowering us. He is for us. And we are overcomers. Hallelujah. And so, man, we're just learning. We're getting stirred up this morning. Glory be to God. To just pick up the speed. And when we see hurdles in life, they're not going to God's for me. God's not against me. We just dig in that much deeper. We just push that much harder. We just run that much faster with God. We just run. We just get more excited about Jesus. We get more excited about Jesus. I mean, after I gave my life to the Lord, all kinds of trials and tests began to happen. The devil was freaking out. He was freaking out, just pulling out all the stops. He was just freaking out. And I remember uh, my one brother, who I ended up leading to the Lord, he looked at me and he said, now, because I was ministering Jesus to him, you know, ministering salvation to him. He said, well, God is for you, and all this is true that you're saying. He said, how do you explain all this stuff that's happening to you right now? And I smiled. I looked. I said, oh, I have an enemy now. See, I have an enemy now. See, I'm not the devil's pal anymore. And he's really offended by it. The devil's just really upset. It didn't bother me a lick. It all turned for my good. 
Oh, man, did God give me victory. Through all those things, just gave it. But you see, people let that get to their joy. They begin to feel something's wrong with me. Maybe God's mad at me. Maybe, maybe God's punishing me. No, no, no. See, that's what the cross is all about. All your punishment that you deserve. I don't, I don't deny that you all deserve to be punished. I'm not going to sit here and say you're just a bunch of sweeties and you don't deserve to be punished because then I'd be lying and that wouldn't be good to do in church or anywhere. Oh, no, 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 you, you deserve to be punished. But the beautiful news is, is that Jesus bore your punishment for you. Yeah, yeah, he took the penalty for all your sins upon himself so that you could be healed. Did you know that? 1 Peter 2.24, the Bible says, He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes or wounds you were healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. So that what? So that we can have peace. So that we can be free. So that we can be healed. So that we can overcome sin, Satan, and everything the devil would try to throw at us. So no, God's not punishing you. Why would you let that happen? Why would you let any punishment, why would you allow punishment to come upon your life knowing that Jesus took it for you? See, the devil comes, he tries to put things on your life. You've got to say, no, whoa, whoa. No, 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 Jesus took that already for me. No, this is because of the sins that you've committed in the past. You know, that's why this sickness, that's why this problem, that's why these things are happening. It's because of the sins that you've committed in the past. Does anybody have thoughts like that run through their mind? See, because we all deal with the same devil, don't we? So these are the kind of devilish thoughts that come to a person's mind. See, it's the sins of the past. You need to rise up and say, and let me explain something to you, Mr. Devil. Jesus took that for me. And he didn't take my pain in vain. I ain't taking that. Jesus already took that. I ain't taking that. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17 says, He himself took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. Bless God, if he took my infirmities, he bore my sicknesses, I ain't taking them. And people know sickness and disease is the result of sin. But Jesus bore the sin. And in bearing the sin, he also took the consequences of sin. He took our infirmities. He took all our sicknesses. Oh, thank God he took it. I ain't taking it. Come on. We're not going to take it. No, we ain't going to. We're not going to take it anymore. People are taking it. People are taking it. I believe I'm taking the flu. Well, why would you do that? You know, people say these things. I'm taking the flu. Why would you take that? Jesus took that for me. I'm not taking that. See, but that's faith talk. That's how faith talks. That's how faith reacts to things so that the devil, the toothless demon, cannot kill you. He cannot take you down because you stand up and understand you're standing on holy ground. You're set apart unto God. He's on your side. He's with you. He's not against you. Oh, glory be to God. Somebody say, God is for me. He's not against me. Well, see, see all this flows. See, verse 34. He says, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who always makes intercession for us. He always makes intercession for us. This is so awesome. Jesus after he accomplished what he accomplished, he went and sat down at the right hand of the Father, and the Bible says he's our intercessor. 
He's pleading our case. He's our attorney. Does anybody know a good attorney? I got a really good one. His name is Jesus. And when the accuser comes, you know who the accuser is, don't you? When the accuser comes and says, see, now you did this, so you deserve that. But then you say, no, 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 Jesus, he did this. And he took that. And when you call on the name of Jesus in faith concerning what he did for you, then what happens? Jesus is right there at the right hand of the Father saying, he's innocent. He's innocent. I've paid for his crimes. I've took that infirmity. I took that sickness. I took that penalty. I took all those things. And Jesus is right there at the right hand of the Father representing us. Representing us as we're speaking his word. As we're using his name. So you see, you got to understand that because if we go back to the Old Testament, you know, you go back to the book of Job, a lot of people like to use the book of Job. A lot of people like to use the book of Job to convince people that God does not heal everybody. God, it's not God's will for everybody to be healed because look what he did to Job. Look what he did to Job. What did he do to Job? Satan came into Job's life. It was Satan that came to wreak havoc in his life. And we see why Satan was able to wreak havoc in his life because Job begins to say some things later on. He didn't know the difference between Satan and God. He blamed everything Satan was doing on God. People still do that today. But Job didn't have the Bible. He's actually the first book of the Bible. Job, they say, was written even before the book of Genesis. It was actually, an, it's an older writing. So Job, he, he had very, very little revelation concerning God. And so he didn't know the difference between God and the devil. And as a result of that, the devil took advantage of him. The devil took advantage of him. And he came and he accused Job before God. He came as a prosecuting attorney to God, accusing Job. But glory be to God, Jesus came, defeated the devil, kicked him out of the court of heaven and said, you don't even have a place here anymore. And Jesus sat down as our attorney. The accuser isn't even allowed into the courtroom anymore. Now there's an advocate. There's an intercessor that stands at the right hand of God, not accusing Job or anybody else, but pleading our case as we speak the word of God. Can you say amen? amen. Is this not good news? Yes. Oh, glory to God. Makes me happy I came to church today. How about you? Praise God. It'll cause you to walk out of here living victory. Yes. I didn't say you walk out of here and you want to experience trials and tests. The Bible says Satan comes immediately to steal the word. He'll try to stir up some kind of trouble immediately, but that's okay. Just you tell him where to go. Right? See, take a hike. Take a hike. You've got no place here. Jesus is my Lord. God is for me. God is for me. The devil's messed with me. I'm like, I just tell him, I said, do you understand who you're messing with? Do you, let me just stop for a moment. Do you understand who you're messing with? Sometimes you have to have a conversation with the devil. Do you understand who you're messing with? Do you understand that I know the Godfather? Do you understand that? I got it in with, I'm his son. Okay? I got it in with God. God is for me. You understand, he who touches me, the Bible says, is, is touching the pupil of God's eye. You're poking God in the eye. Do you really want to poke God in the eye by trying to mess with me? Devil, where are you? Devil? Devil? I mean, if you want to make the devil run, I mean, just, just start reminding him. Say, man, you're poking God in the eye when you're messing with me. I just want to let you know that. You're in big trouble. 
You're in big trouble. Oh, just the other day. It was yesterday, in fact. Yeah, devil, they were trying to mess around and do some things. I mean, I recognized it right away. So, you know, I, I took authority over the devil, told him to take a hike, spoke the word of God, and then I, and then I, I reminded the Lord. I said, now, Lord. Actually, the problem was on Friday, and then on Saturday... I just brought it back up to God. I said, now, Lord, remember what the devil did. I said, you know, and you said in your word that vengeance is mine. I will repay. So I just thank you for that vengeance is being dished out to the devil right now for his trying to mess with me the other day. So you've got to make the devil regret that he ever messed with you so he really hesitates. <laughs> really, he, he thinks, do I want to really, do I want to do this? I'm, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm, not even, I'm telling you the truth. I'm just telling you, this is how it works. It's a spiritual war we're in. And we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. We're not ignorant of this war that's going in all around us. So who can condemn you? Who is he who condemns? Who is he who condemns, verse 34? It is Christ who died. He took your sin. He took your guilt. He took your shame. He took your condemnation. He took it. Have you received what he's done for you? Have you received? Because if you haven't received it, then you've got good reason to be condemned. And afflicted and attacked by Satan. And who knows what else can happen? There's no telling what could happen. I mean, your life is a gamble. When your number's up, it's up. You know, that's just kind of how people that are gambling, that's kind of their attitude in life. Do you want to live that way? No. No, we want to know Jesus took our sins. He is the Lord of my life, and I have no condemnation. No condemnation in Christ Jesus. He died and furthermore is also risen. Was even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us? Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Everybody say, God is for me. Is for me. Nothing, Nothing is going to separate me from him unless I let it. Unless I let it. Let's not let it. Let, let, let's not let anything or anyone separate us from the love of God. Let nothing be bigger to you than him. Let nothing in life be bigger to you than him. He's the biggest. He's the best. He's our God. He's our creator. He's not a little religious supplement. He's our everything. He's our health. He's our wealth. He's our strength. He's our wisdom. He's our righteousness. I mean, we're completely wrong without him, but in him, we are the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. We are the righteousness of God. We are right in the sight of God because of him. Oh, thank God. We're not going to let anything separate us from this love of God. God's going to do his part. He's going to keep loving you. Yeah, but I sinned. I fell so many times into the same sin. I just don't think. Okay, go ahead. Separate yourself from the love of God. Or you can just go ahead and, and just run right back to it and say, Lord, forgive me. I repent for that. I turn from that. I, I know I've turned, to it, I've turned from it before, but I'm, I'm turning afresh to you right now. I'm going after you. And he says, I don't know about the before because I forgave you and I, I, put that, I forgot that. I put that out of my sight. I ain't remembering those things. So I'm not sure what you're talking about there. And yes, I forgive you right now. I forgive you right now. And I cleanse you right now from all unrighteousness. So just get back up. See, if you don't get tired of coming to him, he's not going to get tired of you coming. Isn't that good news? Somebody say, he's just so good. He's just so good. He's never going to get tired of you coming. He doesn't get worn out like Ethel or Margaret or whoever else you might 
They might get worn out. I can't take you anymore. Yeah, but God can. <laughs> God can. God can. God can take a whole lot more, too. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God forever. Somebody say, the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why don't we stand on our feet? Let's thank the Lord this morning for his word. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.